faithful, oh Lord. You are faithful, oh Because you know that the pastor is there, but I do not feel checked. I think checking is good because when we come here, we come into the house of the Lord. And uh, you know, as we say, the house of the Lord is the house of correction. So uh, if maybe there's something that I will say now, which might not be in line, the pastor can come and just correct it. Amen. So I feel fortified that at least the pastor is here just to look after me. Amen. And then uh, without wasting time, I will just want us to just go straight to the scripture and just read the scripture so that we can go, go on, get on with the business of the day. Amen. Uh, for a scripture reading... I would like us to open, uh, firstly, First Peter 1, uh, verse 7. I would like it, us, if we can read it in the King James Version, and then also read it on the Amplified Version as well. Amen. Um, we'll start with the King James Version, and it reads this way. The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold 
that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of, the, of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I would like us to read the same verse in the Amplified Version so that you will have a clearer meaning of what it means. Amen. So in the, in the Amplified Version, it's read this way. So that the genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested and purified by fire, may be found to result in your praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The reason I, I wanted to read it here is because we will get our uh, topic uh, from, from here. Our topic today will be a test of faith. As you can say, he says, so the genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested. That means that genuineness of your faith has to be tested. So that means each and every believer has to undergo what you call a test of faith. Amen. So it is even more precious than gold because gold is what? It's perishable. But your faith is not. Amen. So I will want us to read another scripture. Um, it will be Romans 8, verse 35 to 39. Amen. Um, and if if found it reads this way, uh, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, in all of this, we are more than conquerors through him that left us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. And then we'll read our last scripture. Um, it will be First Samuel 17, verse 47. Uh, I think in this scripture, most of you know the scriptures. After, it was just when... Um, David was to meet uh, Goliath. These are some of the words that he says. He said just before he went into battle with the, 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 the champion, the champion of the Philistine who is who? Uh, Goliath. This is what he said. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saved not with a sword and a spear. For the battle is the Lord. And he will give you unto our hands. Hallelujah. Uh, may we just uh, pray for the blessings of the, of, of the reading of the word. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning we'd like to thank you, Father, to be able to come this morning to consecrate, to, to come and, and uh, meet in this fashion, dear Heavenly Father, to come knowing that, Father, that you will come and speak to us, Father. We come, Father, inviting you, Father, because it's a promise that you've said that when two or three meet, I will be there in their presence, Father. This morning, Father, we believe that you are here in our presence, Father, that you will be the one, Father, that's going to come and take control of the service. You are the one who's going to come and speak on my behalf, 
I'm just going to be a vessel, dear Heavenly Father, that you're going to use so that your children may be able to benefit, so that your children may be able to, to be like those uh, disciples when they, say, they came out of him saying, wasn't it uh, uh, glorious, wasn't it uh, good when he spoke to us? So that, Father, when they come here, they will have something for the week, something that they can ponder on, something that's going to build them, something that's going to fortify them, something that's going to encourage them so that they will know that, that in this battle that we are, in this life that we are, is a battle. There will be ups and downs, but most of all, Father, you will always be there, Father, because each, even though the battle may seem to be hard, you will be the one, Father, who's going to come and, and overcome for us, Father, because like David says, the battle, the, the battle is, is the Lord's. So the Lord is the one who's going to conquer for us. I pray, believe in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that you come and bless the reading of the word, praying that in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, we can have our seat. Amen. Uh, as I've said, our, we'll, uh, our topic this morning will be a test of faith. And then uh, for us to, to begin, I just want to read a quotation so that you can see where I, I, I took uh, this topic from. Amen. Uh, if we can just open at thy with, uh, which was preached in 1948-0305, and we'll read from paragraph 17 up to paragraph 20. And if found, we can just try to flesh it so that we can follow all of us. Amen. And then if found, it reads this way, uh, while we are, the brother is still looking for it. He says, well now, Peter, now watch. Here is a test of faith. Now, at, in, on this spoken word, at thy word, Jesus Christ had just met Peter and some of his disciples. So they had been toiling the whole night trying to fish. Being able fishermen, they couldn't find anything. So now, when Jesus came, he just told them to go back to the very same spot that they've told all night, found nothing. And then now, this, to them, it was a test of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he says, Peter, when answering, he says, he explained to the Lord what had happened, that we had told the whole night, but we couldn't find any fish. But at thy weight, we will go there, put in the nets, and cast in our nets, and we'll, we'll believe that we're going to find some fish. So we're just going to read further. And then he says, now, well now, Peter, now watch. Here is a test of faith. Now I believe that God always puts people through a test of faith. God, I believe that through a test of faith, to prove him first, to prove all things. And a real Christian enjoys a test of faith. Then when he comes out here to the side of the mountain, I believe, there, isn't that something? I believe the apostle said that our trials are better than gold. I think we've read that in the scripture here where Peter says our trials are what? Better than gold. Think of it. God might have let you get sick. That God might have let you get sick that you might be a testimony. That means your sickness. If you get sick, it is just a testimony because why you are sick, the Lord will come and heal you so that you can come and testify so that with your testimony you will be able to edify some of the believers. Amen. That he might heal you. That you can stand on his word. Then when you reach the opposition, you can say, 
I know. The reason you can say I know is because when he heals you, it's no longer a hearsay. It's no longer somebody telling you about their healing. It's you having a personal experience of what that healing is. You understand? So that is why I remember that the time we, when I preached here, I spoke to you about that woman in Zimbabwe who lost the baby. That immediately when the baby was found, the words that she said was, like, was that, I will never leave this message. Because now the thing was personal to her. She could see what this message could do for her. Her baby was lost. Nobody thought the baby would be able to survive the days that she was lost. But when the baby was found, the situation was even worse. The baby was found surrounded by lions. Even people who were there, they even ran because they couldn't understand what kind of a phenomenon is this. How come the lions are just surrounding this baby, but they are not eating or devouring this baby? The reason it was because there was a prayer sent forth for the child that this baby must be protected. Now, even you, when you are sick, when you are heavily laden, when you are stricken, when you are afflicted, when God comes for to you and heals you, it's no longer somebody telling you about their healing. It's a test of faith. You can actually say, God exists. God can do this because he has actually done it for you. Amen. So that is why now he says what? You can say, I know. I know that what? My Redeemer liveth. I know that my God can heal me. I know that I have a Jehovah Rapha, that the Jehovah that can heal me. Amen. Why? Because you have experienced the thing firsthand. It's not you listening to somebody, a testimony of somebody. It is a personal experience. Hallelujah. So let's just continue here and then complete the quotation. So he says, beyond any shade of a doubt, because now it has happened to you. There is no shade of a doubt. It does not matter what somebody else can say. Whether they believe it, whether they don't believe it, you know. <laughs> it happened to you. They can say, no, brother, no. It, it, uh, it's not possible. But because it is a personal experience to you, they cannot shake your faith in it. Hallelujah. So you say, oh my, witness to me in Jerusalem and Judea. So that after it it had happened, then you can become a witness. You can go there testifying about what God has done for you. Amen. So he says a witness is somebody who really done something, been somewhere, seen something. Is that right? Hallelujah. And remember, a witness has to be a witness. I witness to know what they are speaking about. It is not a story of Brother Mafagaza saying he saw that man kill that other man. No. You must be there personally. You must be personally on the scene of the crime for you to be considered a witness. Or else, whatever you can say is just what? Hearsay. And then hearsay does not hold in a court of law. <laughs> Hallelujah. It can't be secondarily. You see? It cannot be a hearsay. If you go down here at a courthouse and say, I seen a wreck on the street, and you look at it through a window glass, you could not be a witness because you are not there personally. Hallelujah. 
You can't double see things. You've got to be a correct witness. Hallelujah. Isn't that a thought to think of now, sister? You sitting there with blinded eyes, with glass on, probably had bad eyes, or you wouldn't have, even have glasses. Now, isn't that something to know that God let that sight get in that condition that he might give you a testimony? Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful that we will know that he comes up? Why is he blinded? At first, remember, he's talking about this blind man that was healed. He says, they say, why has he blinded? Who sinned, he or his father? Said, this case neither, but that the works of God might be done. God wanted what? A witness. Hallelujah. Now he sent his gifts of healing to heal you, that you would go out and be a witness with first-hand experience. Hallelujah. Then stand the test of faith. Walk out, claim your God-given privilege. You uh, folks, you are privileged. Healing is your God-given privilege. Hallelujah. Now, then I can see, as he said, now thrust out into the deep or launch out into the deep and let down for the throne. Now he was educated that so that he will know after uh, a while that after a while he had a, tr- a great trial. Remember many of them, but he had to be educated. And uh, now maybe you have to be educated. Maybe that's why the sickness is on you. That God has to educate you to place to a place that he is, you see? That you may go to a higher level. You understand? You may go deeper. Because the moment, every time you, there is an experience that you ever got, it's like I'm saying, it fortifies you. It clenches your faith. It made you to have more faith in this God. That means the more trial you go through, the more experience you gain, the more closer and deeper you get to a place that God is. Amen. Now, maybe that's why the sickness is on you, that God has to educate you to a place that he is and a rewarder, and he is a rewarder that diligently seek him. Maybe that's what your faith is given to you. That's why sickness came upon you to test your faith in him. Hallelujah. Then you can walk out here in Phoenix or Douglas or whatever you are from and say, I know. Nobody can tell me, but I know that he is a healer. Hallelujah. Now, you, you will find that God, God always put people to a, a, a test of faith. Every time. If you are his child, he will put you a, a test of faith. And now you will find that one thing that is, that is very contrary is that Brother Bram says a Christian enjoys that test of faith. I know it might seem a bit contradictory because who enjoys being sick? <laughs> Nobody. Who enjoys being persecuted? Who is, enjoys being cast down, riled at? Nobody. But as a Christian, you know that those things have to come to you. You understand? So you enjoy them because the moment they come there, you can even start jumping up and down because you know that you are Father, the one that you pray to has to come on the sea. He has to come and do something. You understand? Because if it doesn't happen, 
you wouldn't have a witness. You wouldn't have a testimony. But today you can actually go testify to somebody and say, my brother, such and such happened to me. But when God came, oh my, when God came on the scene, this is what happened. This is the situation I was in. This is where he put me now from that situation. Amen. So, and then Peter says, trial, trust, and tribulation are better than gold to us. Because they prove beyond the shadow of doubt that God is with us. And this allows us to have what we call a testimony. That you were sick, now you've been what? You've been healed. For you to have a first-hand experience, first-hand testimony that you can actually share with your, your, your brethren. Remember, a testimony is supposed to do what? To edify. Now you cannot edify some of your, your brethren if you have nothing to share. But if you have a genuine thing that God has done for you, you have something that can edify them. Hallelujah. Now, your faith, when this happens, your faith becomes clenched. It becomes fortified beyond a shadow of a doubt. Amen. Now, because you know you have had a personal experience with God. Amen. It's not a hearsay. Remember now, uh, about the lady that we've just told you. It was a personal experience to her. And then what she experienced, it does not matter how many people believe it. She experienced it. It is her testimony. Amen. 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 Now, you will realize that. So, you will realize that we have, from, we, we have to be able to, for any one of us here, if we can be fair and honest, I don't think there's anyone here who never had gone through a test, who never had gone through a trial. From the pastor to even a, new, a, a, a baby, because the, the testimony might not be there, but when the baby is sick, the mother will go seek prayer for that baby. So that baby he knows, even though she might not have experienced it, her friends, and she knows what it means to be sick. So she had gone through a trial, a test of disease, whereby God had to come on the scene and prevail for that child. Amen. And then now you will realize that as long as we live here on this earth, which is governed by time, matter and light, trials will always be there. Persecution will always be there. And then you will realize that as long as they are there, you are not the only one. And even in the Bible, if you go through the Bible, you realize that there, were, there are other people before you. Many saints who have gone through trials, who've gone through tribulation. And then even after you, if the Lord tarries and rapture doesn't come, or death, rapture doesn't come and we die, there will be others after us who will still have to enjoy the same thing. You understand? It's trials and tribulation. Amen. Because why? In these mortal bodies, we have to experience it so that we can be able to know that our Lord is alive. Our Lord is there for us. Now, I want us to read another quotation where he says, we, uh, in the spoken word, is, we have seen his star and then we have come to worship him. Amen. If we can try to flesh it. It was, it was um, preached in 1963. And we will read uh, paragraph 42.
and then we'll read paragraph 42, and it reads this way. He says, and sometimes we think that our parents, uh, and he says, I might inject this on this here, that we think our parents are so heavy sometimes. Yes, brethren, sometimes parents are heavy. And sometimes they are so heavy that you can actually ask yourself, why me? Why every time is me going after trial after trial? And you, can realize, you will see that when they are heavy, it will be like you go from one uh, lesser burden to another one. One trial to the next. But he says that we, we might think that our burdens are heavy sometimes, that there is nothing like it in the world. Do you know things, that all those things are good for you? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Burdens. They are good for you. That is why even it's, there is a song that says, Must Jesus bear the cross alone? Because he bore the cross. You, as a Christian now, you also have to bear your cross. Your cross will be a testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. They, he says, do you know that these, those things are good for you? They are all to mold you. We'll talk about that. They, to make you. He says, prophet and sages were molded on the backside of the desert in the hot blazing sun through tribulation and trial. I think you know Moses. After he killed the seven in Egypt, he had to flee. And he had to spend close to 40 years in a desert, tending under after Laban's ships. He, it was what to mold him. It was, try to, it was to get everything out of, that he learned out of Egypt out of him. So that God can come and inject his own knowledge into him. Amen. So that is why he was there for 40 days. Whatever they put there in Egypt, God had to go take it out. That is why when he was in Egypt, because of the military experience that he had, he thought by killing that Egyptian, he would be able to maybe cause a riot so that the Israelites will rise up and so they can riot and go out. Because in him, he knew something that was, he was wrong. He knew that he was not an, an Egyptian, but he was an Israelite. So every time the Israelites were persecuted, he always wanted to stand for them because he felt that he had an affinity with them. But he approached it the wrong way. He, it was, it was, because remember now, the battle is the Lord. But he wanted to come and make that battle his. That's why he came out of Egypt flying, fleeing, because those people, the very same people, <laughs> that he was found, he was standing up for. They are the very one who snitched him, saying, you think you can kill us like you killed that Egyptian. You see now, at the backside of the desert, Moses was molded. Amen. Now, through tribulation, trials, and persecution, and all these things that we have today, there's nothing that happened to us. That's what we've just said now. That hasn't happened to other Christians before us. Other Christians had to, in, to stand in the hour of darkness like this. Even be fed to lions for their testimony. In fact, being fed to the lions is the least. There are some things that because it's a mixed audience, we can't even say of what pregnant women were done in those days. How they were persecuted. Amen. Because of why? For their testimony. Now, you, you will realize that now, 
after this, because these burdens are so heavy, you will be, you will be experiencing a trial after a trial. There will be tribulation after tribulation, persecution after persecution. Now, the reason is like that is because God knows that he has, some, he has put something in you, the inner man. He has put something in your soul. That is the inside man. And he's the one driving that inside man. He's the one, if you are in battle, he's going to lead you to that battle. He's the one, if you need victory over the trial you're going through, he's the one who's going to lead you through it. Amen. Now, if I can, I can, I can, I can give an example. If you, re- you remember David, the same thing happened to David. He was a shepherd. Firstly, he killed the lion. Now, then we thought, oh no, that's it now. David has done everything. His trials are over. The next day, there was a bear. Now you can see now, it was moving from one trial to another. Now, the next thing, it was Goliath. Then when we said now, there must be peace for David, there was Saul after him. Because now, after he killed the, uh, the Goliath, the women there started singing that um, Saul has killed hundreds. <laughs> then it became a problem because now they said David kills thousand. Then a spirit of jealous overcame Saul. Then overcame Saul. He started persecuting the same David who rescued them from the claws of that giant Goliath. You understand? So it was what? Battle after battle. It was a trial after trial for him. You understand? So now you will. You will find yourself in a never-ending circle. But the reason you are in a never-ending circle is because God knows that he had put something in you that's going to come and fortify you. That's going to come and give you courage to be able to go through the trial and the tribulation that you're going through. Amen. And as we said, even if you're going through trial, it might not be the same. But you need to understand that you are not alone. Amen. Amen. But as we're going to change a bit of gear, <laughs> I want you to understand that I'm not here to glorify suffering or affliction or trial. No, I want you to realize that after a trial, there is light and at the end of the tunnel. That is what you must realize. I want you to realize that trials, they are for a purpose. To build you, to mold you, to give you character, to make you a better Christian, to give you experience so that you can be, you understand, if you are an elder, when you're speaking about elders, veterans, we're not speaking about uh, joining come late, no. (laughs) We speak about people who have been through battles, people who, when you can come there and ask, hey, Brother Chetty, I have this situation with me, uh, I don't know what to do. He's not going to just speak from the air, no. He's going to give you a personal experience similar to the experience that you're going through. That will guide you, that will fortify you, that will give you courage to be able to go on. Courage to know that our God is not dead. He is alive. Our God still fends for us. Amen. Now, this enemy that we have, 
the devil, the one that is going, having you go through all these trials, uh, there is a consolation. You need to know that the, this enemy, it is not the first time you face him. Yeah, you might not remember it, but you have been in battle with him before. There in heaven, when Michael chased him out, you are part and parcel of those troops. So, for you, trouncing him, beating him, is not a new experience. It is something that you have done before. And now, since you have done it before, you will do it again. Hallelujah. So, and then when he went out there, he, he was not just giving a beating. He was giving a hell of a beating. Because he was actually cast down onto earth. He had to fall down onto earth. He was not waved goodbye, Satan go out. No, he, he was chased out. Now, even today, when you are going through trial, whether you have a disease, you have the right, the authority, to be able to chase him out, out of your body if it's a disease, out of your family if he's attacking your family. They, you, you, you see, brethren, <laughs> there's something that I believe in. I do not believe that there is anything greater than the blood. There is no sin that is more dirty, more stained, more vile that the blood of Christ cannot clean. No, no. There is no disease that can stand a chance. That is why even we doctors, we know there are some things we don't know. Yeah, we will tell you. If we meet an honest doctor, he will say, hey, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but there is somebody who knows. And that somebody who knows is the one person we are speaking about now. Amen. Now, I want you to show you why we say these uh, trials are good for you. Um, remember, um, we say they are there to make you, to mold you. I will give you an analogy. I know you know this story, but I'm going to repeat it again. <laughs> Amen. About the slave. That slave, if you remember, he was in a very hostile environment. There were other slaves with him. And then all of them were experiencing the same thing. They were going through the same persecution. But there was something different about them. Because when the other slaves were perishing, when the other slaves were broken, frail, weak, discouraged, emaciated, crushed, he looked different. He looked so different that the other slave masters, when they came, they asked, uh, this one, um, is he a chief slave? Is he a master slave? <laughs> because he, he looked healthy. He had muscles. He looked muscular. Amen. While the others were wobbling, they were crushed, they were crushed under the weight of the workload that they were having. But the, 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 the master said, no, it's not that I, I, we give him a special treatment. It's not that there is a special food that we give him. No. It is, it is that because I've just found out something about him. Something that keeps him going. <laughs> Amen. I have just recently now found that he is a son of a king. That wherever he comes from, his father is a king. 
And then what he has done is that when he comes here, he hasn't forgotten that. He holds himself the same way. When you give him a job, there is a leadership about him. He, when he goes about his task, you will also be glad. If you will not like he's a slave, there is a character. So you see now, trials build character. Um, they build your character. They give you experience. They make you a better Christian. They make you a better mother, a better father, a better brother, a better sister. Because now you've gone through trial. You have an experience. Now, even you, you are sons and daughters of a king. <laughs> so, you must remember now. Even if you are going, the, the same person situation that you are going through, another person in the world might be going through the same situation. <laughs> but it should not break you. Don't allow it. Because there is somebody in you whose blood, royal blood, that is flowing through you. The blood of a king. Hallelujah. I'm going ahead of myself, but I'll say this now. Uh, I hope Pastor Madiba will come and then um, preach this message. There was a message that he preached in Brother Pastor Hannes' church. Who is God? I love this message. Maybe sometimes, Pastor, you must just come and repeat it. Because there's a quote. I'm just going to quote him. He says, there is a fish. When the fish was created, it was created in what? In the water. And then there is a tree. When the tree was called into existence, it was called into existence on the ground. Now you take a fish out of the water, it dies. It is out of its element. It cannot survive. The same thing, you cannot plant a tree on the air. The nutrients that the soil is going to give it, it will not get them from the air. You understand? It needs the soil. Because it was called into existence in the what? From the soil. Now you as well, you need to know from where were you called out from. Where were you called out from? Who said who said, let us make you in our own image? Amen. You see, you, you were made in his own image. Now, if now you have a problem, you have to go back to your element. You have to go back to God who created you. That is why if you have God, his royal blood is flowing through you. No trial. No tribulation. No persecution. No test can stand in front of you. That for you, you are guaranteed victory. That this trial that you're going through, you, it is just an exercise to mold you, to make you a better uh, son and a daughter. That is why we say you are one predestinated unto adoption. The reason we say that is because a as a son, even though he's a son, he needs to be what? Adopted. Adopted. Amen. Yet he is a son. Yes, but why does he need a, a adoption? Because he needs to be trained. He needs a tutor. He has to go through trials. He has to go through training, hard training, for him to be able to have a claim of the inheritance. So that the father will know that he will be able to use that inheritance wisely. Yes. He will not squander it. 
You understand? That is why you have to go through what? Testing. Trial. So that you will be an adopted son. Hallelujah. Now, you'll realize that uh, these trials and tribulation, persecution, they are to mold your character. Make you a better and an experienced Christian. And then, uh, so that you are a trust and test and dependable. Dependable. That means God can actually say, have you seen my seventh job? Have you seen my seventh, um, my brother Philip? Have you seen my seventh, uh, brother Manasseh? You understand? Because he, you are an adopted son. He can actually sit back, relax, and say, let my son take over now. I know, I have taught him well, I know that this situation that he's going through, he's going to prevail. He's going to prevail. Amen. Now, we have talked about uh, victory a bit, if you have listened. But now you've realized that before victory, something has to happen. Now, I want us to read another quotation. It is the beginning and the ending of the Gentile dispensation. Um, we'll, read, uh, this, uh, we'll read from paragraph uh, 36. Now, I, I will want to ask something. I think all of us here, if we can um, uh, attest and come and then uh, give a testimony, there will be a lot of testimonies. Because I believe each one of us has been through a trial that he can share. Everyone, even myself. Um, I can maybe share a, 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 a test that I have just gone through before we read this uh, quotation. Um, one day I, I went with my wife and then we went to SARS because we were having a problem with our accountant. Now he was... Uh, he was not, they, we could feel that some, you know, sometimes you can feel that something is not right. Yes, sir. But you are, we're just after him. Have you done this? Yes, I've done it. So one day we just decided, no, we're just going to go to SARS and check if everything is in order. Now we went there, checked. Now when I checked, we met the lady there. And he says, okay, uh, Mutlabi, you've come to check. Um, but there's something here strange with your account. Hmm? I have an account with us. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's something very strange. What is happening now? No, there is a, an amount that you are owing. Okay. What is the amount? I'm just like, what is the amount? <laughs> I was asking. I was getting a bit impatient now because he was saying, talking about an amount, but it seems like this amount was choking her. <laughs> so she decided to take a paper. And then they write it down. <laughs> How? Even myself, I was shocked. Yeah. You mean this is the account? This is the amount I'm owing SAS. That was, that was last year. I said, he says, yeah, you know what? You can go maybe to a consultant because this, I don't know what's happening here. Maybe go and ask them. Maybe they can explain. So we took that paper, went to the consultant, even her, when we gave her the amount, she looked, looked at the computer and started writing. How oh, can why people, these people can't talk? <laughs> what, is, what is happening now? He says, no, you, you see, maybe 
Now, now you see now the problem with, with uh, institutions like SARS is that somebody can go there, do something. But now you can never say, brother so-and-so or who is so-and-so. Somebody, brother, the party is the one who did it. Some of, all of them, when you go there, they just look at each other. Says Norman, I think it's from the head office in Pretoria. Maybe from Pretoria. We left that area. We were disappointed because we couldn't be helped. Went home. I, I was driving. I was speaking with my accountant at the same time. I was, you will forgive me, I was shouting at him. Why? What, how did this happen? Why didn't you tell me? Huh? No, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll put a rejection or something. My friend, this amount is getting interest. Maybe in six months I might not be able to pay for this amount. What do you mean? No, no, it is a process. <laughs> now we went home. I could not eat. I could not sleep. Everything, my account had gone from zero to many digits. <laughs> I, I could not understand it. Each and every time we phoned, we could not get any answers. Now we went and I wanted to see the pastor. I think a week passed, I couldn't see him. He was busy. And then I went the next week, then we saw, I saw him, then I explained the situation to him. Now, because it was a big amount, normally when I speak to the pastor, I say, Pastor, I, that, say, that there was formal. Pastor Madiba. <laughs> Man of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, yeah, you know, it was... Now, <laughs> I went there, the pastor was just his jolly self. Oh, Brother Mshab, yes. What is the amount? No, explain the amount. Ah, man, don't worry. We'll pray for it. Okay, Pastor, yeah. You know with SARS, days become weeks. Weeks becomes months. Months can sometimes go into years. Now, we prayed about it. We were waiting for the Lord. The pastor prayed. I was waiting for the Lord to come and deal with the situation. Now, while we are going through the same process, um, I, just, I just also prayed and asked God, no. Um, if you... Because you know the way God sometimes does things. You, you'll be stressed. You'll be under a lot of strain. Then he will just do something so that you... you, you he will focus your mind on something so that you will feel a bit better. So during that year, because now the amount that I owed almost wiped all the amount that I had. I couldn't even afford it. Now, God, during that few months, we were able to save. So when we were saving, I was becoming confident. Oh, maybe the pastor, when he was praying, he was praying that maybe we would be able to afford to pay this amount. Oh, no, I was getting now encouraged. So no, everything is coming into place. Then um, we went there. We kept on saving, investing, so that we might deal with this amount. So all our effort, we could not do anything. Everything, our focus with my wife was on this amount. That we need to do something about this. We need to clear it. Because I could not move. I could not go invest anywhere. No, my, my efforts were there. Now God was, kept on blessing. You, you know, if you be, come to God, ask him. And then he, he, will, he will come and help you. He will come and guide you. He will come and do something for you. So we were there. Now, 
I was getting confused myself because now the amount was, as the months went, it was nearing to that amount. So I thought maybe, okay, maybe God wants me to pay them. Now we fired that accountant. <laughs> we got a new one. So this one's mandate was we will do everything for this year, but that next year we need to come and clear this. This is our focus. We, when you were dealing, this is our main aim. Okay. So it was like now, even himself, it was like the pastor. Ah, man, you know, sus. they do these things. We, don't worry, we will clear it. So we sent in documents. They will require these documents. I think we had a file this big of all the invoices, the e- documents that we had to send them. Yet, no answer. Then uh, I like pledge to God and say, oh God, no, maybe this amount, if I don't have to pay to SARS, maybe I can pledge to pay to you, part of it to pay to you, if that one is cleared. You know, it's just praying on my own one morning, then I said that. And I forgot about it, then we went on. Now, a few weeks back, uh, just a few weeks now, and then the, the lady, the accountant came, because, the, the, okay, let me explain from the beginning. The problem was, on, on that tax year, we had paid, we know we have provisional tax. We had paid too much provisional tax. Now my accountant wanted, when we calculated the whole thing, he, he said, oh, so he, he, he came about that SARS owed me some amount. Now SARS had to pay me back. I can tell you, brother, SARS does not want to pay anybody anything. That's when this person decided to just put a digit, many digits figure on my account, just for them not to pay that, that, that amount. So hoping that maybe I was lying on my tax returns. So they just, that means everything, my salary, everything that we were supposed to end that day, they made it to be something that I'm supposed to pay to SARS. That means that year I would have worked for nothing. Even I would have had to go borrow money to pay my workers. Now, after it had happened that way, one morning the accountant came and he says, Dr. McClaby, um, that amount has been cleared. Yeah? Okay. And then not only that, that amount has been reversed and the amount that SARS was supposed to pay you back, they have paid you back that amount. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you see, now, he did not just give me clear that one. He gave me even what they owed me. What a cost that is. I know. So, we, I will, me and my wife, we like to uh, thank the pastor for his prayers. Because without his prayers, I don't know where we, are. we could have been. Because without his encouragement... You know, sometimes when you approach the devil, don't approach him with fear. The, the way he was casual about it, it was like it was nothing. No, this thing is just going to blow off. It's just going to be resolved. And uh, true to his word, that's what happened. Amen. So you see now, it's not only you. Each and every one, if we can sit here, they'll have a story to tell. Of a test that the devil took them through. That they had to overcome. Not only overcome, that God helped them to overcome. Hallelujah. So let's, let's just read our quotation. Amen.
Aren't you glad you have you serve such a God? Amen. A God that can answer prayer. Amen. A God that is not dead. Uh, one day uh, they, they, they took the ark and they put it next to Dagon. A God that doesn't answer prayer. The God that stood like this with his arms. <laughs> They put a living, mighty, almighty God next to a stooge, Dagon. <laughs> the next morning when they came, Dagon's arms were broken. <laughs> Hallelujah. He was, from being upright, he was down. That's the God we serve. The Dagon that is in your life will fall. Hallelujah. He does not stand a chance. Hallelujah. He does not sense a chance whatsoever. When he comes, he face to face with this God. Even Goliath, he's the, the only thing that David had to come to say to, to say to him was that, I come to you in the name of the Lord. So even you, whatever situation you might be going through, just face it in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, let's just read uh, our quotation. Uh, now, before you can have victory, there has to be a battle. Yes. Amen. Amen. And if there is no battles, there is no victory. Yes. yes. For you to be a victor, for you to have a V-Day, you have to go through battle. Amen. You have to face the enemy in the battlefront. You have to go there on the battle line, go there, face him, confront him. Yes, I can tell you, if you don't want to confront him, ah, the devil is bold. He will confront you. <laughs> so you need to be ready. Because if he does not, you don't confront him, you don't chase him out, he's going to come there to look to, look to stay. Amen. So now he says, we ought to be thankful for the battles and the trials because it is God giving us an opportunity to have what? Hallelujah. It is God giving us an opportunity to have what? Victories. If I never face this situation about the text, I will never share this victory with you. You understand? So it was an opportunity for me to come so that I can edify you encourage you, make your faith to be settled in the Lord, to know that you are saving the right God. To know you that this message of the hour is not just a message. There is life in this message. Hallelujah. Now, see, the battle come along. Somebody saying something bad about you. Sickness come onto you. Maybe God gives you those little afflictions that he might heal you and show what? Favor towards you. Amen. You see? Favor towards you. Now there's an old shepherd. Oh, sorry. Let's, let's see what he means by it. That he loves you. Amen. Amen. Now there's an old uh, shepherd story. Um... That was told there in Jerusalem in the Holy Lands of a shepherd pecking a sheep. And he said, what are you pecking it for? He said it got a broken leg. So the person asking said, did it fall off a cliff? 
How did it do that? No, the shepherd says, no, <laughs> I broke it like. Yes. He said, why you are a cruel shepherd to break that sheep's leg? He said, no, I lost it. It was going astray and it, I couldn't make it to mind me. You see, God wants you to mind him. Understand? They'll give you a story of Billy Paul. One day, Billy Paul, when he was growing up, he became, you know, teenage delinquents. He became delinquent, started running out at night. The pastor tried to deal with him. He could not listen. He didn't listen. It came to a point whereby the, the brother Bram came and said, you know what, Bill, my son, I love you, but at this point, we are at a crossroad. You go that way, I go that way. If you go that way, I go that way. You need to make a choice. You know, when, when a parent says, make a choice, he wants you to come along with him. So this boy, Billy, at the time, decided to go the other way. Went and then he stayed with his grandmother, who were unbelievers. And then uh, one day he became sick. And then when he became sick, he went to the hospital. They did tests, gave him treatment. It did not work. At the deathbed, he remembers somebody, his father. He remembers the prayer of his father. That his father, if he can come, pray to God, God will hear him and he will heal him. You see now, it was God in a way um, striking this child who has gone astray, taking him back onto the right path. Because after that, the boy became straight. You know, if, you are, if dead is at the door, <laughs> hey, my friend, you know, it's easy when you haven't experienced it. But when death is at the door, when you see your life crossing over and you, you are not assured, you panic. You will do everything. That is why when a saint dies, they die peacefully. But a person without the Lord, they will kick. They will scream. They will do anything to avoid crossing that chasm. Because out there is darkness. That is why the prophet says, do not go that route. Ever. He says, when I went there, there was no mama there. I cried for my father. My father wasn't there. It was just utter darkness. The darkness that you could, you could not, you could even hold you to your hands. That's how thick it was. It was a scary place. He says, the only thing I could say to God was that I never committed any fornication against you. Please, God, take me back. That's how terrible that place is. Now, you have an opportunity as we speak. If you are not right with him, make it right. Don't wait for the door, death to be at the door. You might not be as lucky as Billy Paul because you might cross over. And when you cross over, you might be late. And then if you are late, you don't know what holds out there for you. Hallelujah. Now he says, it is, so when Billy Paul was there at the deathbed, his father came, prayed, the boy was healed. So, and he realized, hey, this God, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm nothing without this God. 
I better mend my way and follow this God. Even you, you are nothing without this God. I myself, I know I'm nothing without him. That is why I've made sure, committed my life to follow him. Everything is secondary. Hallelujah. I can see I will not finish my message, so I will just crush a bit. Anything. Now, that is why I say secondary, because the problem teaches us that when you are doing things, you must do them first for God. Then the second person must be your family. The third person, the last, is you. You understand? You must never put yourself in front. Put others before you. Hallelujah. So he says, um, I, I, it was going astray and I couldn't make it mind me. So I broke its leg so that I could give it some extra attention. So then it will love me and follow me. You see? When you go through trials, it's for you to get closer to God. So you should be mindful of him, so that he will be mindful of you, so that he will take care of you, so that you'll have a closer bond with him. You understand? Do you know that if you have a friend, or I can give you uh, the relationship between mother and daughter, when there are tribulations, that's when that relationship becomes clinched. Because that's when a mother and a daughter will come closer, much closer, because there is something that their mind is set on, that they are fighting together. And the bond, when that happens, becomes what? Stronger. You understand? That is why even God says what? He wants, it was not minding him. So I broke it so that I can give it what? Extra attention. So now, sometimes God has to let us break it down. You you understand? God is not going to break your leg. He is just not going to let you have your leg broken. (laughs) So that you will know that he is there. And then when he breaks it, you will realize that, hey, I've been to the doctor. I've been to this. It does not work. Then you have to go back to him so that he can what? Give you attention. Give you healing. Mend you. Amen. So to give it extra, a little extra attention, to give, get it upon his lap. Uh, to uh, sorry, uh, I think I'm reading the wrong one now. Let me just check. Yes, I think my 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 iPad just jumped some quotation. Uh, no, no, it's fine. Sometimes God has to let you us break down just a little bit in health to give us a little extra attention to get us upon His lap. You see now, so that you know the bosom. Remember when that person was there, that rich man. Where was Abraham? At the bosom of God. That one day where he was in fire, he was burning, he was thirsty. But where was Abraham? At the bosom of God. Now God wants you to do the same thing. You must come onto his lap, on his bosom, to woo us up in his bosom. Amen. When the doctor said nothing can be done, then he takes us in his bosom and says, See, I love you. I'm going to let you get well. Oh, see, doesn't that make you feel a little bit better? <laughs> say amen. <laughs> the congregation there says amen. Because it makes me a little, feel us a little better. You know that he has what? He wants you to have a close affinity with us. A close relationship with us. Amen. 
And then, oh, he is so great. He is a marvelous shepherd, isn't he? No wonder David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And how he leads us by the sight of the still water, restores their soul, and runs our cups over, and anoints us in the presence of the enemy. Yes. He will anoint you in the presence of Satan. And say, this is my son, of whom I'm I'm, I'm very proud of. Hear ye him. Saying, declaring, he will declare upon your life that you are what? His son. Amen. Did you ever get anointed in the presence of your enemy? Just to testify till your cup just boils over. Just runs over, you know. Just how marvelous it is to be anointed in the presence of your enemy. Amen. Amen. So now, we, I will just want us to get uh, to move on. Now, you will realize that these battles, uh, brethren, that you are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are breaking, it's a, your life, all of it, is full of battles. Now, I will want you to... to, to, to the, so, your life, brethren, has been battle after battle. And it has been followed by victory after victory. And I want you to take you a little back so that you will be able... So that I can come and support this point. So, we will take you back even before you were born. Back, 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 back. Then you will see. We'll take you back to the first man, Adam. Adam had a son whom Cain killed. You understand? The son was Abel. Then uh, after Abel, Cain, Adam had another son that is Seth. Now, the devil also killed, uh, Seth died. Then there was Noah. He died. You understand? But now, what you will realize is that from, Cain, from Abel to Noah to Seth, to even your immediate grandfather, God has been preserving them. Amen. They have gone through wars, outbreaks of disease, right. floods. Why? You know, even if your great-grandfather was not predestinated, he was preserved so that you Today, <laughs> you might be here. Amen. Now, he had to preserve you through natural disasters. Just about anything bad that you can think of. So that today, you will be here. Your great, great father who was a, uh, drinking, I don't want to say a drunkard, but maybe drinking, wouldn't take care of himself. He preserved he, you in his loins. In the loins of the neck, your next relative. In the necks of your next, next, next relative. So that today, we can speak. So that today, you will be here. <laughs> Amen. Now, if he preserved you, I getting, I'm just getting ahead of myself. If he preserved you, then, how come that he can't preserve you now? Through the test, through the tribulation that you're going through. How could he not preserve you now? Amen. Amen. Now, when you were there in the body of your father, you became a one in a million. When that gem cells were discharged, it was a race. Millions racing. You were there. You were victorious. You won the race because why? He preserved you. Because he had a mission a commission about you. 
You understand? Now you beat them. Went there. And then when that, that egg was fertilized, and then the process of conception took place, there were many things that could have gone wrong. Many. Still, he preserved you. That is why you are here. There could have been genetic disorders, genetic mutation, that could have made sure that you are not here. Yet, you are here. (laughs) Amen. And then even then, when you are growing from two cells, four, eight, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256 cells, he was there. Even when those cells started making a heart, a small tube beating in those small cells where every organ of organogenesis was going to come through, he preserved you. He made sure that there is a limb, there is a hand, you have eyes preserving you. Your mother, when you were there in the womb, could have gone some, gotten some congenital diseases. He preserved you. <laughs> that is why we are here. They did not happen. Sometimes you may realize that at that time, you know, there was diseases like smallpox, polio, very dangerous disease. But he what? Preserved you. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Then uh, when it goes on, you became from a uh, zygote, just a small cells, into a fetus, into an embryo, getting ready to be born. He was still there with you. You see now, it was a battle after battle for you. Victory after victory for you. It was a V-day for you. Amen. Why? Because he did what? He preserved you. Then, when the time came that you will leave that cocoon, that is the womb, and, live and go into the, the bright lights of this world. He was there. There was blood. There was water. There was spirit. When we were born, everybody was there with anticipation. All you striking, bated breath, waiting with bated breath for one thing to happen. You know, I don't know, but the mothers, I know they are always there in the delivery room. It is a battlefield there. Because you can have a life birth. You can have a what? Still birth. Yes, because the devil, as much as God is there, the devil is there. He wants you to suffer premature death. God is here, there to preserve you against premature death. Amen. Against premature death, he preserved you. Now, when the nurse spanked that child, you know, nowadays mothers, they will complain, hey, this child is crying. I cannot sleep. Mother, when you made that cry at that time, there was joy. It was like music to the ears of your mother. Music to the ear of your father. Because the moment you cried, we say the spirit had gone into that body. That body has become a living soul. Amen. Who preserved you? Who put that spirit inside your body? God. You see now, he preserved you. Now, as time goes on, the first thing now, when we gave you to your mother, we wanted to see that we put you at the breast of your mother. A sucking reflex was there. Automatically. Then we say, hey, this is a healthy baby. If there is no sucking, there is a problem. That is why the moment you sucked, we say, you a test passed. 
We came, check your toes. Complete. Check, test, passed. We came, checked your heart. Beating normally. Lungs, air going in and out normally. Test, passed. Everything next to your uh, pathogram was just a tick, tick, tick. Why? Because he was there. He was the one preserving you. All throughout the whole process, he was, he was the one going with you throughout that whole process. Amen. So, he was there for you, there with you. Amen. So, when you were sucking, the reflexes come, we were there. We knew even, that is why I say, say the problem says, a woman, even if she, she's the most vilest of women, when she is pregnant, there is a spirit of peace, humility that comes about that woman because she is carrying another life. Because she knows herself that, you know, even we doctors, we will tell you. Um, one day, I like this story, one of my friends, Dr. Olabi, they asked them, one patient, they went there and said, hey, doctor, you've done all the tests. Do you think the baby is fine? There's nothing wrong with the baby. He said, no. I have done to the best of my knowledge. But that question, you shouldn't ask me that question. It is God. Who knows? Because I can do this. Whatever process is going out there, there is no doctor. There is no specialist who will give you a healthy baby. Who will give you a baby, make sure that the toes are there. There is no medication, my friend, that we can give you to make sure that you have a talk. None. I can assure you. There is no medication that we can give you to make sure that you have an eye. No doctor has control over that. No. Only God. Now, that is why we say he did what? He preserved you. He took you from victory after victory. Even before you were born. Even before you realized it. It was what? You were already what? A victor. You were already what? Victorious. Now, how about now? Do you think this same God that has preserved you, he will not give you a job. He will not give you a wife. Give you a family. Give you a shelter to look after that family. After all that he has done, he wouldn't be able to do that. Wouldn't he? He will do it. Hallelujah. Now, the next thing now that will happen to this baby is that there will be some milestones. Now she's alive. She's crying. The mother, the mother is even now angry that now this baby, the whole night I don't sleep. I cannot. She just wants to breastfeed, breastfeed. I'm tired. <laughs> but the baby has to do that so that she can grow, so that she can achieve some milestones. The first thing that the baby will do is that they will start seeing. Now, you will realize that this milestone, even though they are natural, there is a spiritual undertone to them. They, they will, the first thing, in the first 10 days, the baby will start seeing. And then uh, the next thing that will come will be hearing. You see now? If you are a new convert, oh, you cannot just speak without hearing and see... <laughs> As a new convert, you need to come there, listen. Hear what the veterans in the faith are doing. Follow them. 
Listen. Yes, <laughs> Gain knowledge. Hallelujah. You find that a person is a day old, but he's already giving instruction. <laughs> no, brethren. It cannot happen that way. It does not happen with a baby. Even spiritually, it cannot happen that way. Now, as a convert, you need to know that they, you, they, you, have you ever seen a baby dressing himself or herself? There should be elder sisters there who can help you guide you, show you the correct way of dressing. Yes, you young ones, you need to give in so that you can be guided, so that you can be instructed right in the faith. Hallelujah. Now, this baby there, he goes now. He's what? He can see, he can hear, he can suck. The reason the baby cares to suck is because you are what you eat. That is why you need to come here to church. Feed on the way. Every time you need to feed because why? You are what you eat. There is food coming out from this pulpit to build you, to guide you, to make you a more mature Christian. You understand? You can't be a baby and feed yourself. No, sir. <laughs> you understand? So now, the first thing, the next thing will be the baby will start at six months, maybe trying to sit. Then uh, from milk, at six months, the mother will start introducing now solid food. Ah, the baby is growing now. You know what? If the baby, oh, I've seen it many times, the baby will come with the stomach this big. The baby is not sleeping. The baby is always crying. Why? Solid food were introduced before time. <laughs> Mothers are laughing. <laughs> Mothers are laughing. Why? Because solid food were introduced what? before time. Now the baby is full of gas. Because why? Her, her system, the, the gastrointestinal system in her cannot digest pap. Now they will say, no, doctor. We didn't give the child pap. We just gave her soft porridge. <laughs> it is pap. <laughs> Amen. It is pap. Amen. It is pap. Now the child's stomach is like this. The baby hasn't gone to the toilet for three days. Yes, because whatever you gave her is the wrong kind of food. So you need to come here, get the right kind of food. Amen. Get the right kind of food so that you will grow spiritual. Be a healthy baby. Not defect. Not obese. Not underweight. Just right. You understand? Because now sometimes you might think the baby, because he's obese, the baby is healthy. No, sir. The baby has kwashioko. <laughs> Mothers, they know what is kwashioko. The baby is fat. Mara is just water. Why? Because the baby only is fed what? Carbohydrates. There is no milk. There is no proteins. Now the system is what? It's deranged. Remember, proteins. I'm not teaching you medicine, but I hope you follow. <laughs> what proteins do is that they need to create what you call it oncotic pressure. The pressure so that the blood can be in the, inside the blood vessels. The moment there's no protein, the water seeps out. 
Then you think, oh, the baby's fat. No, the baby's not fat. The baby has swelled up. You see? Incorrect food, swelling. We don't want you to swell. We want you to do what? To grow. Hallelujah. You see? Now the baby sits. She starts to crawl. Then there is bubbling. No profession. No, you cannot be a baby and start professing. No. no. You bubble first. Mama, dada. That is a baby. In the faith. You understand? Listen to the elder people tell you. Guide you. You understand? Now you are a baby. You want to preach. How can a baba, baba, baba <laughs> preach? Hmm? How can he do that? You are still a baby. Sit down. Listen. Be guided. Grow up. Feed. That's what you need to do. Keep on feeding. Amen. Now, as you realize, the sense of speech develop after the sense of hearing and sight. Because you have to see first, then you have to hear. Amen. Now you see now those milestones. That is what a Christian, even in the faith, has to go through. Now, there's a problem. Because now, nowadays, people, they don't want to listen. People, they don't want to take advice. But sometimes you can't blame them because they are giving sometimes wrong advices. You understand? Now, if you are a child in the Lord, how can you safeguard yourself to know that the advice you are giving is the right one? There is, a, there is always a way. If somebody is giving you an advice, you can ask him one simple question. Oh, yeah, you see, sister, hey, yeah, this is very mighty nice. I like it. I want to do it. But when I'm at home, can you just give me a scripture so that I can yes, read about sir. it? Yes. Oh, no, there's no scripture. Oh, yeah, then can you just give me a quotation? Then you are safeguarded. There is nothing that he can give you that will be out towards. Everything will be in line because now when you do it, you can refer. Oh, Brother Brenham says this about it. This is how I'm supposed to do it. You see? So that at the end of the day, you take the right advice. Yes. A right advice must be supported by the what? Scripture. Must be supported by what? Quotation. Ultimately, it must be supported by the word. Then you know that this advice advice is life. This advice is not going to bring death unto me. But if it is not supported by either, be careful of it. Stay away from it. Remember the pastor was teaching last week about what? Traditions. Yes. You will be advised based on tradition, thinking it is a message. (laughs) No, sir. If it's a tradition, yeah, let it be their tradition. If it's a petty tradition, a swana tradition, it is not the message tradition. (laughs) There is a tradition for the message of the hour. Quotation, spoken word, the word. Those are our tradition. Not petty customs. No, you see? 
That's how you said guard yourself. So now, you as a child in the faith growing up, you need also to have humility around you so that you will be... Uh, you know, it is difficult to, uh, to advise an arrogant person. It is difficult to advise a person who knows it all. What are you going to tell them? Already they have a solution for any other, every problem that you are talking about, even though it's the wrong solution. For them, they think they are right. But if you are humble, you have an ear, you have eyes, your mind is, you do, you know, for me, I don't like people who talk too much. People who talk too much are a problem. Because when you, you cannot talk and, no, sir, you cannot talk and listen at the same time. You understand? One has to give out, give in. If you talk, then your ears are closed. You understand? Now, if you are a person and you seek advice, you need to listen. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't think I will finish my message, but anyway, it's not a problem. Now, you will find that as a Christian, you will be persecuted. You will have tests and trials, tribulation, for only one thing, for being right. The devil hates it. The devil hates being right with God. That is why Cain killed Abel. Because Abel was what? Right. He was wrong. Now, instead of him coming and saying, you see, my brother, my smoke of these vegetables is going, it's just giving, it's just, we are just having a smoke here around us. Yes, I can see it is going up. God is accepting it. How did you do it? No, he didn't do that. He became what? Jealous. Why his? Why not mine? Hmm? You see now, if a brother does something right, and then you can do it, go and ask for advice. We are there all the time for each other as brothers. Amen? So that we can help each other. This life, brethren, is a battle. Sometimes you cannot go through it alone. Sometimes you need somebody to hold your hand. That is why we have veterans in the faith. We have veterans who are spiritually mature to be able to hold your hand, to help you navigate this part of life. You are not alone. Now, I've always said it, and I'm going to say it again, that when you need advice, God is not going to come here on the pulpit. Remember, even when he did at that time on Mount Sinai, when they said, you know what, Moses, we are tired of you. All of you, all the time, is you with God in the mountain there. Ah, can, when are we going to speak to him? Ah, he came. Oh, there was fire on that mountain. There was trembling, rumbling, shaking on that mountain. The people were like, he, he told them, you know what, consecrate yourself. Come being clean. God is going to come and speak to you today. After that experience, they said, ah, what Moses? I think, speak to him and then tell us what he says. No, no, we thought the world world was going to, there was an earthquake, it was just going to come and swallow us. No, no. You speak to him, the rumblings and the shaking and the fire, you can go to that mountain, speak with him. Then come and tell us the message. And even today is the same thing. 
God will not come and rumble and speak to you. You will run. You will, you will think it's a ghost. You will think, you understand? So there are people. The prophet is one of them. There are people here. The angel at the prophet is one of them. That angel is a person. It's the pastor who is the head of the church to come and what? Instruct you. you understand? To tell you what is it that you're supposed to do. You understand? So that you will be able to navigate through this life. Amen. Now, for being right, Cain was what? Killed. Now, you'll find that Brother Bram says, uh, he was simply killed for being right. You understand? And then, uh, even before that, there are many saints who have experienced the same thing. Killed just for being right with God. And uh, it doesn't end there. It, it might happen with you. For now, we are under grace. If grace passes, the mercy goes, passes. There is no longer the mediation passes. And then we, there's rapture comes. Brethren, I'm telling you, you will be patched for you to be able to do what? To, uh, to, 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 be, to go to heaven, to be, to, to be able to go into the second judgment, the, the judgment at the white throne, for you to be able to assess that. You have to go there through, do it through your own blood. Now, while there is still chance, you need to accept God now. Amen. You understand? So that you do not go through that tribulation period. Because in that tribulation period, there will be Gog and Magog. The battle of Gog and Magog in, that is in Ezekiel will go. It will be one of the first things to happen. Then from there, there will be battle of Armageddon. You understand? Those Christians now, they, that our day, who did not receive, who were not taken up in the rapture, they will have to do it through their own blood. They have to go there and say, me, I'm not going to worship this beast. No, this dragon, no. No ways. And then what are you going to do? They're going to kill you. So you will be passed and saved through your own blood. You don't want to go through there. Now, that's why you need to make your way right with God now. So that when, when that time comes, you are not here. When Sodom and Gomorrah was the brimstone ran there, God preserved Abraham. Abraham was not there. In fact, Abraham was there with the Lord looking. So that's what you want to do for yourself, that when the time comes, you are what? There with the Lord looking. Waiting for the battle of Armageddon so that you can come and reign with him through the millennium reign. Because during the millennium reign, the devil will be want, will be, will, will be bound. I like the way Pastor Ngodima says, says it. He says, that man, there's a ransom of arrest for him. So you cannot go and pray, for, pray to him or go after him because he's going to be what? There is a warrant. He, he, he's, a, he's supposed to be a prisoner. Yes. yes. He's, a, he's, a, he's a fly by night. He's supposed to want go to prison. So now you cannot depend on such a person. When that thousand years come, he will be incarcerated then the saints who accepted Christ will be what? There in the, with him in the air. What? Enjoying. Having a wedding supper with him. That's what you want. Amen. I think my time has passed. There are so many things here that I want to do to talk about, but I don't think we'll have time. Uh, but what I can leave you is that if you go through tests, 
Never ever at any time think it is the end of the road. No, sir. It is not. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Have you realized it? That in the morning, when the sun is about to shine, the darkness becomes thicker. It becomes more darker. Now, with you, with your situation, you might think that this situation, no man, I need to give up. Don't give up. Victory is just close by. Victory is just at the door. When the going seems so tough, the going seems so rough, that is when you are reaching the finish line. Is the race easier at the start or at the end? What happens at the end? It is tougher, but that is when you're going to receive a crown. That is why even when it is thicker, that darkness, you must know that the sun is about to shine. There is supposed to be light for you. Do not give in. Do not give up. You understand? Because why? You will be crowned. You understand? That is why the brother Bram says to the you people who are in the church of all, for each and every church there were crowns. These people were giving. They were giving they were all to all the overcomers. They were giving rewards from the Ephesian church to the church of uh, Laodicea. Every person, they were always overcomers. You understand? Now there is a crown for you. That crown is for you to sit in his throne with him as he sat in the throne with his father. You understand? You understand? So that crown, that, that reward is reserved only for you. The only thing is that what? Do not when the situation get tougher. When the situation get, the persecution get rougher. You give in. No, do not give in because now you're going to give in and then the reward is just there. You're going to give in, you are left with only 100 meters to finish the race. After you've traveled so many hundreds of, of meters, how many hundreds of kilometers, if not thousands, throughout your whole life, why should you give in at the end when you are supposed to be crowned? Brethren, persevere. Persevere. Because there is a crown. There is a reward for you. Amen. Uh, with those few words, if we can just stand up and then the pastor will come and get everything. Amen. We can just sing a worshiping song uh, as the pastor comes forward. Amen. So I reach the old dragon cross till my Lord is the last time down I will cling I will cling to
for a purpose. Amen. God bless you. Just a round of applause for the Lord. You know, when you are a pastor, sometimes you listen to the local ministries. A local ministry is more critical than a visiting ministry. A visiting ministry comes and goes. But a local one benefits us weekly even when the pastor is not around. I'm just, I'm just absolutely moved with the way the message is getting preeminency in this church. With ministers coming here and showing you what the prophet messenger said. Because what the prophet said, it is what I call an arbiter. Something that settles all the disputes. Is there a question? Let's search the message. Not a tradition. I hate a tradition. Now, let me give you an example of a tradition in this church. When there is a tradition, a tradition is started with good purpose, but later on it evolves and can be misused. Our tradition is that every Sunday after service Wednesday, we greet one another outside. It is the tradition of, it's not the weight. It is the tradition of this church. The pastor stands there to greet everyone. But our children, when they grow up, they may think it is a scripture. And one day they visit somewhere where they don't greet one another. And the pastor doesn't come out, then they say, this church is not spiritual. What's happening? They are using a tradition to measure spirituality. And how many traditions are in the message that we are using to measure spirituality and it is just tradition. If you really want to get me 
show me what the prophet messenger says. If it is scripture and there is a quotation, I will paralyze me. But if you, how it is how you think, I'm going to show you that I can think superior than how you think. And you can come and show me you think more superior. But when it comes to the prophet, every mouth must be shut. And everyone must abide. God bless you, Brother Matlawi. It was absolutely... Amen. It was very refreshing for me to take the pastor head off, the preacher head off, and just to absorb as a member of the bride to be ministered to. Ministers are falling because they always talk. They never listen. Sometimes as a minister, you have to be ministered to. Are you still with me? I guess as a doctor, you need to go to a specialist that's so that they can attend. You, as a doctor, you can attend to yourself. Are you still with me? That's why we thank God for the fivefold ministry. Brother Mutau, absolutely. What a lovely service. Just a round of applause for us. Amen. When music is in its place, the weight on its place, no demon will stand in our midst. I believe that 100%. Brother, give us a, and I love these old songs because they take us down the memory lane. You know, there is a song that young people can love. It's just the bubble music, bubble gum music. You can link it to a testimony. You can, it's just nice with nice rhythm. But there are certain songs when they are sung, the old timers they even keep quiet because it takes them through the trials and tribulations that the Lord has taken them through. Music must have character. The weight must have character. Anything that a believer does must have character. Dressing must have character. We always are after character. Amen. Give us another song, brother. I'm, trem- I'm tremendously blessed. I wish we could have a second service today. The Beautiful.
of faith is what we have heard today. We understand. Many of you came to church because you may be going through a process where your faith is being tested. We are going to pray for you. We are going to remember you in prayer. We are going to intercede for you. We are going to apply the blood of Jesus Christ upon your situation, upon your problem, upon your life. Our brother, when he preaches, he says, there is no sin that is greater than the blood. There is no sickness that is greater than the blood. There is no challenge that is greater than the blood of Jesus Christ. And right now, we are going to remember you in prayer. He gave his testimony about the SARS matter. Many of you, you know what Brother Branham went through with regard to the tax case. When he told me, I said, let the God that resolved the tax case for William Branham, let, it resolve, let him resolve this case now. And I'm glad God has made a way. When sometimes when you tell me a problem, I will not ask you how is it going. But in my corner, I will be praying for you waiting for a testimony to come. I'm going to pray you're going to repeat after me as a church as we bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We are the soldiers of the cross. A soldier is a soldier because of battles. You have given us so many battles. 
some financial, some marital, some physical, some spiritual. But we believe all these battles were given to us as an opportunity for us to taste a victory. Sometimes these battles become heavy. Sometimes they become intense. Sometimes they take so much from us. Spiritually, physically, and emotionally. But we are here at this spiritual military base. You have addressed us. You have equipped us. We are returning back to the battlefield. Not as cowards, but as the people that know and know that victory is on the side. Help us, Heavenly Father, to break out of whatever is bothering us. Help us, each and every one of us, to have a testimony. If there is a sin, we apply the blood. If there is a demon, we breathe the name of Jesus over that demon, knowing it will not stand. We pray for love among us. We pray for unity among us. We pray for our ministers. We pray for our pastor. We pray for our deacons. We pray for the trustees. We pray for the church. May this place be a place that will come and hear the weight, the unadulterated weight. As we are about to leave, we know Satan is waiting for us, but we are coming out of this church like little David, going out to confront Goliath, knowing that when we come in the next service, there will be testimonies. If there are jobs that are being sought, we don't depend on the economy. We depend on your provision. May our brothers and our sisters be employed. You are the first employer. You are the one that gave Adam the Garden of Eden. May you do likewise to our brothers and sisters. As we pray for families that are here. May the Holy Spirit go into their houses. And be there at all times. We pray for our young people. We know they go to schools. Where there are demons. But we are sending them. Having applied the token. May they be different. May they walk different. May they dress different. May they be a testimony that through them can know, others can know 
God is alive. We commit everything. We bless our brother who has blessed us. We bless him and his family. Continue, dear God, to give him revelation as we commit everything to you. All these things, we ask them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Give us a song, then we are leaving this place. How many are recharged? Amen. How many are ready for the war? How many won't give up? How many won't give in? Amen. How many little Davids are in the building? How many little Miriams are in the building? Amen. We are, Brother Brenham says, we can rewrite the book of Acts. It was good to be in the house of the Lord. Brother, we just give us two songs and thereafter we leave this place. Turn around and say to your brother, thank you for being a fellow soldier. Age si kievo, si kielu cheso. Age si kievo, si kielu cheso. Age si kievo, si kielu cheso. Oh, hallelujah, oh, lorena. Age si kievo, si kielu cheso. Age si kievo, si kielu cheso. Oh, hallelujah, oh, Papa bo baba bazo hamba no che Papa bo baba bazo hamba no che so Papa bo baba bazo hamba no che Oh hallelujah oh lord Sipizin tombe zizo hamba no che so Sipizin tombe zizo hamba no che so Sipizin tombe zizo hamba no che Oh, hallelujah, oh, Lord, amen. I'm going to march to heaven one day. Oh, I'm going to march. Papa, 
Your name, oh God. You may be seated, Zazalan. Thank you.